again, it's a privilege for me to be able to uh, be with you today and to uh, open uh, God's Word. You're in the middle of uh, walking in the Psalms uh, during this summer, and again, I think that Psalms capture really the songs of our lives. And I mentioned last week that Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann speaks of three types of Psalms. Uh, Psalms of orientation that express confidence in God's creation and the regularity of life. Uh, That life makes sense in these psalms. Uh, The good prosper, the wicked are judged, and God is faithful. And then there are psalms of disorientation that lament that life happens. Our world can be uh, turned upside down, suddenly sometimes, uh, without any warning at all. And uh, often the the darkness descends as we struggle uh, with life that's not the way it's supposed to be. And then he speaks of psalms of new orientation, psalms that recognize that God enters into our lives uh, to rescue us in our predicament. And then more than a a return to, to normal, our faith is enlarged, our trust is enhanced and we experience uh, God's grace. Our eyes are opened to the fresh ways that God's grace can come to meet us in the circumstances of lives, and we we become to uh, appreciate again God's love and faithfulness. Well, today we're going to explore uh, Psalm 124. It's a song of ascents. So Psalm 124 probably was sung by people as they ascended to Jerusalem as they were going to worship at the temple. Uh, Psalm 124 is a psalm of new orientation. So hear these words, Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept over us, the raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We've escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the U.S. said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But I don't think the 19-plus million U.S. adults who suffer various debilitating fears would agree. Uh, Some are plagued by overwhelming fears, and there are a number of things people can fear. Uh, Some uh, suffer from mysophobia, that fear of germs and dirt. Others have aerophobia, the fear of flying. And then there's people like me who have claustrophobia, the fear of confined places. Others seem less common to us. Astrophobia, the fear of thunder and lightning, or trypanophobia, the fear of needles. And then there are those creaturely fears. Sinophobia, the fear of dogs. And then the two top fears in the world. Ophidiophobia, the fear of snakes and arachnophobia, the fear of spiders, which affects one in three women and one in four men, this fear of spiders. Let me just tell you that at any given moment, you are only three feet away from a spider. (laughs) Just thought I'd let you know that. When it comes to fear, perhaps Psalm 124 is a good antidote. 
find yourself in a panic? Well, remember, God's right there. God is for us. See, fear has this way of catching us off guard. Sometimes you unexpectedly find yourself with your back against the wall. You feel thrust into panic. Psalm 124 captures the overwhelming predicament. Attacked, swallowed alive, anger flared, flood engulfed, torrents swept over, raging waters swept away. Fear has a way of ambushing us. One author noted we live in a culture of fear. He suggested that since 9-11, we've been engaged in fear-based thinking. In the middle of our fear, we want something concrete, something secure that will guard us. I live in the U.S. During COVID, after every mass shooting, gun sales rise. When fear grabs us, we want to take matters into our own hands. We we mistrust everything, the church, government, groups of people like immigrants, doctors, politicians, and so on. You name it, we'll be afraid of it because of our fear. Fear Fear-based thinking wants ironclad guarantees. Fear feeds off of the uncertainty. It feeds off of the threat. Fear disorients us. We don't want surprises. A photographer for a a national magazine was assigned to cover a forest fire, and he needed a a plane in order to get a good look at the fire. And his editor assured him that one would be waiting for him at the airport. When the photographer arrived at the small rural airport, there was a plane warming up at the end of the runway. He jumped in, equipment in tow, and he yelled, let's go, let's go. The pilot swung the plane around, taxied to the end of the runway, revved up, and off they went into the air. Fly over to the north side of the fire, said the photographer, and the the pilot complied. Now, he says, I want you to make three or four passes, low-level passes, to get real near the fire. The pilot asked, why? Why, exclaimed the photographer, why? Because I'm going to take pictures. Look, I'm a photographer, and photographers take pictures. And the pilot paused and said, I guess that means you're not the instructor. I guess you're not here to help me work on landings today. Fear grips us when life catches us by surprise. A sudden storm on Lake Galilee and the disciples of Jesus are frozen in fear, even though the creator of the universe shares their boat. That feeling of being trapped easily grips us. I mean, look at Psalm 124. People attacked us. They would have swallowed us up alive. Their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. The problem, you can see, is twofold. First, there's this overwhelming attack. A foreign adversary attacked Israel. Literally, some enemy threatened to swallow Israel like a monster. I mean, I may imagine some kind of a, a sci-fi beast of dragonous proportions. Anger lashing out, ready to consume, an invading army, throwing the nation of Israel into absolute chaos. And second, there's a picture of a flood, uh, an unexpected flood, a, a flash flood, like, like those that can overwhelm desert areas. I think of places like Utah or, or Arizona in the States. In, in the open country of Israel, 
Flooding was a great danger. A sudden storm could fill a series of interconnected gullies and soon a torrential flood could be produced. Israel's story had just that kind of an episode when escaping Pharaoh. Now many of you know that story. Moses confronted the Pharaoh of Egypt to demand Israel's release. Pharaoh's stubborn disregard was broken down through a series of plagues, culminating with the angel of death killing the firstborn. And Pharaoh relented and he let the people of Israel go free. But no sooner did they leave than Pharaoh had second thoughts. He's beside himself with anger, and he sets out to hunt them down. Now, the people of Israel have made it to the Red Sea. They're up against the shores of the water, and suddenly they hear the sounds of Pharaoh and his whole army of charioteers racing toward them. Fear grabs them. Their back is up against the wall, and they cry out to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? I mean, they felt as helpless as a rabbit and a pack of dogs. Fear has that way of catching us off guard. Bullies at school. Cancer threatens. A a child suddenly dies. Marriage erupts into turmoil. And suddenly we're we're overwhelmed by the trouble of it all. Our lives are disoriented. We're gripped by fear. Escape seems impossible. And we are overwhelmed. Faith stands strong in fear. And Psalm 124 sounds a robust testimony of faith. If the Lord had not been on our side, The whole community joined together. If the Lord had not been on our side, God comes through. God's the great deliverer. God is our advocate. God is for us. Now I know, I know, some of you might think that sounds problematic, arrogant even. I mean, who are we to say that God's on our side? Well, note, Psalm 124 is not looking forward. Psalm 124 is a call to worship that looks backward at what happened. They know that God was on their side because they had, would have been slaughtered otherwise. I mean, notice the ifs. If the Lord had not been on our side. The psalmist proclaims the Lord's presence almost shuddering at the thought of God not being there. They had faced absolute defeat. If the Lord had not been on our side, imagine what could have happened. One author captures the essence of these verses. Israel was up against a force of evil so darkly primitive and brutally powerful that they could not possibly defeat it. But they did. And that's how they knew Yahweh was on their side. This claim is not a blood-curdling war cry. It's the graceful whisper of the miraculously delivered. Of course, we know we have to be careful with such testimony. We must carefully discern if God is our Savior or if we just got our way. 
Just because your high school team wins the championship doesn't mean that God was on your side. That would be a testimony of, not a testimony of faith, but a testimony that we simply got what we wanted. Are we to conclude that those who are struck by family tragedy or confronted with bankruptcy or hit by a catastrophe don't have God on their side? My in-laws lived in Florida. And after one hurricane hit, my mother-in-law got in touch with us. The hurricane was supposed to hit where they lived. And instead, it turned inland, and it went south of them. And she was thankful that the hurricane's 140-mile-per-hour winds missed them. So she wrote in an email, I feel so sorry for those people. It could have been us. The Lord was with us. Now, I don't think that my mother-in-law was saying that the Lord wasn't with those who had suffered. She was simply giving thanks. I think she was testifying to the fact that she felt the Lord had been on her side. It was the grateful whisper of the miraculously delivered that God kept her safe. Psalm 124 is that kind of a statement of faith. Psalm 124 witnesses in faith to God's saving presence. Psalm 124 gives us this whole new orientation. Psalm 124 is a testimony. It doesn't try to prove anything. It simply sings of God's help. If the Lord had not been on our side, we don't have to defend God because terror enter our lives. We're simply called to tell what God has done despite the terror. Blessed be the Lord who's not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped. The snare is broken. Someone wants to find a testimony as telling about the mess we're in and how God lifted us out of that mess. That's what Psalm 124 is doing. Our role is to tell what God has done for us despite the tragedy. It's walking through life with this new orientation. Of course, such faith isn't irrational. I mean, when hurricanes threaten, people of faith still cover their windows and make things as secure as possible. When disease arises, people of faith do everything possible to fight against it through good hygiene and development of medicines and vaccines and surgeries. Faith that God is for us doesn't encourage us to abandon all caution. Our new faith orientation is not an occasion to put ourselves or our neighbors at risk. Faith doesn't test God. God, to see if God is paying attention, to see if God's on our side. That's not the sentiment of Psalm 124. God works through human efforts to overcome fearful things. Perhaps you've heard the story of the guy who was stuck in the middle of a huge flood the levels began to rise around his house higher and higher. A, a huge truck came by when the water was up to his knees, and the man resisted getting in. He said, the Lord will save me. And then a second uh, later, the uh, waters kept rising and rising, and the man was on the second floor of his house, and uh, a boat came by. And again, the man resisted, and he says, don't worry, the Lord will save me. Then he had to scramble up to the roof of the house as the water arose and the helicopter came in order to save him. And the man still resisted. He says, the Lord will save me. Right? The Lord's on my side. And then the man drowned in the flood. 
And we got to heaven, he asked the Lord why he hadn't saved him. And the Lord said, what are you talking about? I sent you a truck, a boat, and a helicopter. See, Psalm 124 doesn't encourage us to test God to see if God is for us. Psalm 124 is simply a testimony to what God has done. Psalm 124 reorients our eyes to see that God is our help. Psalm 124 grants us a new orientation for our lives. Those who hear this testimony are moved to wonder about God. The person who wrote this psalm faced danger full in the face and came out saying, if the Lord had not been on our side. After you read Psalm 124, says Eugene Peterson, no longer does it seem of the highest priority to ask, why did this happen to me? Why do I feel left in the lurch? Instead, we ask, how does it happen that there are people who sing with such confidence, God is our help? That's the mystery of Christian faith. We should have been swallowed up by fire. We should have drowned in the floods. We should have died in the pandemic. But strength isn't in the fire or the flood. Strength isn't in the cancer or even in disease or death. I've talked with many people who had their closest loved one die. And their first words are, I'm doing okay. God's been good. That's the faith expression of Psalm 124. The strength of our faith is testifying to God's salvation. If the Lord had not been on our side, faith trusts God is for us. We gain a, a new orientation on life because God has saved us. See, God makes a way when there seems to be no way. Psalm 124 isn't about somebody in the good life. It's about surviving the worst. Psalm 124 knows when life is at its worst that God is at his best. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I mean, if we're honest, Christianity can be hazardous work. I mean, maybe to nobody told you it was going to be this way. But it's hard to be faithful. Eugene Peterson notes the difficulty. He says, each day we put faith on the line. We've never seen God. And yet, despite our world's desire for the kind of proof that we can touch and feel and see and hear, we make the center of our lives a God that we cannot scientifically analyze. Each day, says Peterson, we put hope on the line. I mean, who knows what the future holds? Sometimes it looks very bleak for us. Sometimes it looks very bleak for our world. We don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. But I do know this. Whatever happens, God will accomplish what God wants. And each day, says Peterson, we put love on the line 
In a world of competition, when we're called to put ourselves first to get what we want, Jesus invites us to love first, to put others first. So whenever we set aside our pride and ourselves and pursue the love, we take a risk on God. But we're not alone in the hazard or hard work. Psalm 124 speaks of help. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Despite the hazard, God is there. When the people of Israel were about to pack it in, Pharaoh on their tail, the raging waters in front of them, they were caught in the middle like a bird in a fowler's snare. They were gripped with fear. And Moses called the people to put their faith, their hope, and their love on the line. Moses said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Only God can make a way out of no way. Only God, the creator of all things, only God, the gracious provider of everything that we need, only God, whose power raised Jesus Christ from the grave, only God makes a way where there is no way. Just when it seems we're caught in the snare, when the world closes in around us, when the darkness cuts off everything and every avenue of escape, here's our salvation. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The God who is for us makes a way out of no way. In her book, The God Hunt, Karen Maines tells a powerful story. Uh, An atheist couple raised a daughter in an atheist home. Uh, The daughter had never heard about the church or about God never heard about Jesus Christ. She had no idea there was such a thing as a heavenly father. And one night when this girl was five years old, her parents fought and fought violently. Their argument was so vicious, the father took out a gun and shot the mother. And then he turned the gun on himself and pulled the trigger. And the five-year-old girl was there through it all. As it happened, the traumatized girl was placed in a Christian foster home, and one Sunday the foster mom brought the girl to Sunday school. She told the, church, the, the, the teacher of the class that the girl had never heard of Jesus, was in great pain, and needed lots of patient love. At one point in the class, the teacher held up uh, an illustration of Jesus and said, does anybody know who this is? And to the Teacher's surprised. This little girl raised her hand. I do, she said. That's the man who held me the night my parents died. Only God makes a way, even where there seems to be no way. Friends, our help is the Lord. If the Lord had not been on our side, Maybe you've faced it. Faced the death of a child, the death of a spouse, 
the terror of cancer. Or maybe you're in the middle of it right now, in the middle of the flood, in the middle of the battle. Can you say these words with me? If the Lord had not been on our side, you can say them. Say them with me. If the Lord had not been on our side, God is, you know, He is on our side. And that changes everything. Our Lord takes us through the troubles of life. Our Lord brings us through the day, whatever the day holds. Our Lord is there when you put your faith, hope, and love on the line. There is nothing in this whole world, not sickness, not sorrow, not pain, not death, nothing that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even when you feel trapped, when it seems there's no way out, the Lord will make a way. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Can you say those words with me? Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's pray. Lord our God, there are times that uh, life just grips us by the challenges. We feel overwhelmed. We feel uncertain even sometimes what we're even facing. And in that insecurity, our tendency is to fear. And Psalm 124 simply calls us to a testimony of faith. Wow, if you had not been on our side, what a mess we'd be in. If you had not been on our side, how much we would have been overwhelmed by the floods and the attacks. If you had not been on our side, we can't even imagine where we'd be. And so with this new eyes, new orientation, we simply confess, Lord our God, our help is in you. You are the maker of heaven and earth. And we thank you, Creator God, for creating and recreating throughout our lives. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Willoughby Church Sermon Podcast. The Willoughby Church Podcast Network also has podcasts about discipleship, the Heidelberg Catechism, and even a podcast hosted by some of the youth. You can find out more about the Willoughby Church Podcast Network by going to willoughbychurch.com.